Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. NASDAQ just turning lower. The Dow, the S&P holding on to their gains. 13 minutes to go ahead of the closing bell as we wrap up what looks like a winning week for the S&P 500 index. The dollar is sinking after Fed Chair Janet Yellen's speech didn't take the hawkish tone some expected. Well, are we are also watching oil, which is edging higher with Hurricane Harvey churning toward the energy-rich Texas coast. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up by nine-tenths of one percent to $47.85 a barrel. Gold up 480 the ounce, up four-tenths of one percent. The 10-year up 7.32nd yield, 2.17 percent. NASDAQ swinging between gains and losses. Right now I'm calling it unchanged. We've got the S&P up seven, up three-tenths of one percent. The Dow up 51. That is a gain of two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pallet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, do visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Julie Hyman. I'm here with Eric Balchunas, Bloomberg Intelligence ETF analyst. And Eric, you and I frequently talk about the drive to lower fees on ETFs. That's the name of the game. And that's really what consumers are focused on right now. But costs, you say, can actually be tougher to determine than they seem. You say there's a high-yield bond ETF that's an example. How? Yeah, and this is actually pointed out by Jeff Gunlock. He said uh, JNK, the high-yield debt ETF, was uh, lagging its index by a couple uh, percentage points. So I looked into it, and he's right. Um, Basically, this is a field we call tracking difference. At the end of the day, your ETF's job is to get you as close to the index as possible. So the expense ratio is one thing it has to overcome. Plus, the you know these people are managing the fund to to make sure they track well. So ultimately, the tracking difference of JNK uh, over the past five years has been about 1.4%. So that's arguably the cost. Hmm. Um, other ETFs are able to get closer to the index than their fee, and arguably you're getting paid a little bit. So tracking difference to me is an underrated metric and arguably the true cost of owning an ETF. Good to know. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. I'm Julie Hyman with the Bloomberg ETF Report. All right, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. This week's look at venture capital brought to you by Eisner Amper International Tax Professionals. Multinational companies must prepare for tax reform, transfer pricing, new territorial tax system, cash repatriation. EisnerAmper.com slash 2017 tax reform. This is Bloomberg Radio. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Hey, what's up when it comes to the world of venture capital? Uh, actually, there's a, a bunch going on this week, including a batch of headlines about Uber. Mark Millian is a technology reporter at Bloomberg News, joining us from our Bloomberg 960 studio in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Mark, nice to have you here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what we've seen from the world of uh, venture capital this week. We'll get to Uber in just a moment, but I know SoftBank's uh, been doing some stuff. Yeah, there's always something going on with Uber, but yeah, let's start by talking about the the big uh, mega deal of the week, which is um, SoftBank's investment into WeWork, which has been long in the works, but they finally hammered out details. It's going to be 4.4 billion dollars in total value for this deal, and and they're not even buying a majority stake here. Um, it's it's a combination of 
money that goes toward buying out existing shareholders. We work as obviously privately traded. Um, and, and, um, and a large chunk of that will go directly into the company to fund expansion. And particularly, uh, a big bucket goes into Asia where they're starting a bunch of new projects and joint ventures, uh, one in Japan, one in China, another, uh, that covers, uh, Southeast Asia. Um, so we work, obviously the company that is, you know, seen as this like millennial paradise where you can go to rent, uh, a desk and and be a freelancer or an office worker and work among you know your peers and have uh, you know fancy coffee baristas in house. <laughs> um, SoftBank sees this as like a you know a global phenomenon in the making and they want to be the ones to kind of drive it all all around the world. Um, and this this puts the company's value somewhere in the range of 20 billion which which puts it in wow. the top 5 most valuable tech startups in the world. Yeah, and I mean, we know that SoftBank's got a ton of money to play, right? They've got that tech fund they started with this Saudi Arabian government so the 100 billion dollars uh, right. tech fund. Uh but still 4 billion, 4.4 billion is a pretty significant investment. Yeah, it's a big chunk. I mean, they've, they've committed, you know, to a bunch of other big deals. Uh they, you know, they bought Arm and and they're in, you know, a number of uh of Public companies, which are which tend to be bigger deals, but uh, this is uh, so far the largest private deal that they've done um, since raising this new fund. But of course, and here's a perfect transition to Uber, mm-hmm. is that they've been in talks with Uber um, about uh, joining with a consortium of uh, approximately four investors at this point. That could commit as much as twelve billion dollars uh, to a to a deal to buy Uber shares, showing that they're pretty interested, despite kind of all of the, I guess you could say, somewhat negative headlines that we've had over Uber. Whether yeah, it's, I think they're hoping they can get a discount <laughs> on those. Yeah. A little bit of a value play, fingers crossed. Let's talk a little bit more about um, Uber because I feel like it, it it's been. I mean, it's often in the news on a weekly basis, but I feel like there's been a lot more going on as of late. Yes, uh, it's still a bit of a mess. Um, there, you know, the, the biggest, um, issue that's popped up recently is this lawsuit in Delaware where, um, two of their board members, uh, essentially the, the two most important people to the company, the largest shareholder and, and the second largest shareholder, the former CEO, Travis Kalanick, um, the, this venture capital firm Benchmark is suing Kalanick after they helped push him out as CEO. Um, and it's just this ugly back and forth, um, that's, that's expected to play out in Delaware. Uh, most recently, um, Kalanick, uh, put a, put a filing, uh, pushing back trying to get the lawsuit dismissed and, and Benchmark is trying to get it ex- expedited and, and some friends of Kalanick who are investors in the company are trying to join in to, to file the motion to intervene so that, so that they can participate in the lawsuit. And it's all playing out very publicly and is really quite a mess. And we reported, um, uh, when we did the news about that potential SoftBank investment in Uber, that this is like a big issue that just hangs over the company that could put a, a you know spike a potential investment that could slow down or prevent them from hiring a new CEO it's just really ugly right now it's airing an awful lot of dirty laundry publicly at this mm-hmm. point right and if you're combined with the the lawsuit from from uh, Waymo Google's sister company yeah it's it's just like 
uh, from all sides, and, and a lot of dirty laundry is expected to come out. Right. And you've also got, what, that female uh, former engineer at Uber, right? Um, and she yes, Susan Fowler, um, yeah. who was uh, in many ways the impetus for a lot of the the hard dissection that's been had on Uber. Um, she famously wrote the blog post in January alleging, you know, uh, sexual harassment against herself by by a former manager and just sort of widespread discrimination against women at the company. Um, she's uh, now uh, sort of uh, back out there. Um, she's planning to take her story and present it uh, in the Supreme Court, um, joining a case that's been mm-hmm. long in the works um, that targets yeah. um, employee, you know, f- compelled arbitration agreements where she's um, she's advocating that these shouldn't be allowed, that employees should be able to take their right. th- their employers to court. A lot of stuff. Uh, Uber, just 20 seconds here, Mark. Uh, we also did get an update uh, on the financial picture of Uber. In a nutshell, just quickly, uh, they're doing better. What, what do their financials look like? Yeah, amazingly, amid a lot of messes this year, they're they're still improving their numbers, and the you know revenue is going up. It's 1.75 billion just in the in the second quarter, and they're still bringing losses down. They're at uh, 645 million, which is still you know they're still losing a lot of money, but uh, at least they're going in the right direction. A lot going on on Uber. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for breaking it all down for us in our weekly look at venture capital. Mark Millian, technology reporter at Bloomberg News, joining us from our 960 studio in San Francisco. This is Bloomberg.